0: Where did you come up with that number? Why did you come up? Where did twenty dollars come from?
1: Where did twenty dollars come, <laughs> come from? It just came because he just said I would pay you, and he was like, "How much? Is that twenty dollars?" It didn't. There was so. Do you need to know realize how much of not a business this was supposed to be? There was no costing. There was no planning. I did not account for profits. I did not account for loss. I did not account for my time.
0: So today's interview is with two professional chefs, one of which is a co-founder of the company Get Adum. So think of HelloFresh, but for Nigerian food. And the other is a founder of Shade Eats. They're also the host of the For Food Only podcast. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Shade and Bethany.
1: Well, what really is there new that I have to say? What do I like? What am I really going to contribute? There's no need. There's no point. But the more and more I started hearing different kinds of podcasts, I was like, the difference between some people out here is not even in their cont- content or the quality of their content is the fact that they have the boldness and the confidence to actually just do it <laughs> do and it. share. Mm-hmm. So me that I actually feel like I have valuable things to share. Why do I feel like I need to put myself down? There's an audience for every single thing. So why do I feel like I can't be heard, you know? But it was also some way to kind of prove to myself that it's not about what other people think. Do you think what you have to say is important? If so, then why can't you do it? Outside of just food and cooking and other things, there are so many different things that Shade tries to, you know, encourage me to do. And I'll simply dismiss myself and be like, "Mm, I'm not interested. I'm not going to be good at it. And she's like, but you just have to try, you know. So that was essentially what made me start. Because truthfully, if I didn't talk to Shade about it, more than likely, it would have still just been an idea in my notepad.
0: Shade, how about you? Why why did you? I know you said you said yes, because it was just anything better than it says, you just do it. (laughs) But
2: but why? what was the second reason? Honestly, she, she reminded me of the conversations we had just mm-hmm. on the phone regular about food. And I always love the conversations we have and I figured if I love it, if I enjoy the conversations, I'm sure others will love to hear it. And on her story she's very, very vocal about how she stands about West African ingredients. And I'm like let's 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 shake some tables. Let's let's talk about <laughs> it. Let people hear it, you know. So they look like you are th- very
0: good at stuff like that, shaking tables. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't like problems. Shadow likes, problems. Yeah, right. she she likes so problems. I don't like problems. But one thing I do like is that we converse about things. Mm-hmm. Um I'm all, I'm I'm always down for that. And it just made sense. It made sense to sit down and I feel like okay, we're both Ninja girls who we went to culinary school. We have some sort of education or some sort of knowledge about food. Why not we just sit down and just be our Raz self? I don't think Bethany's Raz like me, but and honestly, love like seeing The ups and downs with Bethany working up with this FFO podcast, it just made me want a little more. Made me was like, okay, if we can do season one, then we can do season 10. You know what I mean? We went up and down with finding things that worked, things that didn't work. And even to this day, we're still trying to figure out what works. Just seeing that made me so much invested. Like, I'm not going nowhere. She stuck with me forever. I know she married and all, but...
1: (laughs) I'm really (laughs) stuck stuck because even, like, all through the technical difficulties we've been struggling like truthfully we've been struggling we have and Shad is still like we're still gonna do this we're still gonna <laughs> do stuff <this." Left laughs> to me i'm like Let's
2: So,
0: you guys you guys there's this there's a little secret that i have you guys kind of like inspired me also like to do the podcast <laughs> You know they say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So I'm trying to build a network of like like-minded people, people that I look up to, and just because you had that in college, but after college you're kind of stuck with your coworkers, and if you're not working in a traditional sense, you're stuck with like yourself and your spouse. You're not, you're not. I'm not stimulating my brain like I want to. So I thought mm-hmm. about this. So last year I was like, maybe I need to start doing events like. Maybe a happy hour, a cocktail hour every every month or something to like build my network, make new friends. So the old uh, events thing, I said, ah, my house is too small. Let me move. When I moved to a bigger house, I didn't do it. I moved to a bigger house. I've not yet designed it. I didn't do it. Like every excuse, and I'm like, okay, you know what? It just needs to stop. So I on my way driving one day, and I was like, you know what? I can just have this event. As a podcast, the conversation I wanted to have in those events, I could just have it as a podcast, and that's why I just started doing the podcast. The name of the podcast is My First Lead, so I wanted to talk about like, like the beginning, the the genesis. How did you start getting customers? Like, because like a lot of times you look at all this big business podcasts, nobody talks about the beginning. They just bridge through the beginning and go in. Oh, now we do three hundred millions in sale. I I want to know that first dollar. Like, tell me how it because that's where I am right now and. That was the whole, that's the whole premise of this podcast, you know, like, so we can start with Shade and you can tell me the genesis of Shade Eats and I want to hear the like crazy stories of the crazy things you did. I
2: want to hear (laughs) all the details. Okay. 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 Um, Eats, it started off as me just being a critic. Like I would go to restaurants and try foods and just talk about it on my blog on some, I was it Tumblr or it was some sort of blog. I don't think it was Tumblr. I don't think it was that early. But um, I'll just talk about, you know, my experiences with the food, what I liked, what I didn't like. I would take pictures. I would go to Cafe Abuja. I would go to this taco restaurant. I would just try all kinds of food. I will go to, like, brunch and just write about it and give my review. And then I started cooking also. In my When I moved into my apartment with my sister, I, I had my own kitchen. I had a whole kitchen to myself. I didn't share it with my dad. My dad is a wonderful cook by the way. But sharing the kitchen with my dad was just stressful. Like I had to I had to I had to hide like my my tray pans, my cu my north seasoning. I had to hide it in my room. But um having my own kitchen kinda made me do more cooking. So I was like, hmm I wonder how this feels if people eat other other chefs' food. I want I wanted that same excitement from my food when people eat my food too. And that's the reason why I kinda was like, Okay, Shadi. accounting right now is just it's very dry, it's very mundane. We like to cook just, and run culinary school. And Bethany played a big role. I talk about this all the time because she played a big role in encouraging me to to just apply because it didn't make any sense. Who is an accountant? Why are you going to culinary school? Like, are you mad? Like, it's supposed to be getting your CPA, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so she played a big role in, in doing that. And that's how it kind of started. And seeing like the French techniques, because went to a French culinary school, seeing how they cultivate so much energy and attention towards their ingredients. I'm like, why can't this be the same for African ingredients? Why can't we put so much attention and have so much knowledge in regards to the techniques we use back home, like fermenting, cooking, frying, grinding, blending, all kinds of things like that. And I think that's how it kind of, that's how it kind of came to fruition. And I I was, I was trying to even change the name because I'm like, I'm not going to be talking about, talking about other people's food, but it's going to be me cooking the food. But I was like, you know what, well, Shade, don't stress. If it's meant to be, if you want to change it, change it. If you don't want to change it, leave it like that. So that's how it kind of came to fruition, basically. Oh, so
0: it was literally Shade Eats. It was Shade then, Eats because that's what Shade I was cooks. doing.
2: Shade cooks. <laughs> Shade cooks. And people have told me, change Shade Cooks. And I'm like... No, no, I like Shade Eats. I don't no. have... To. There's other things I want to. I, things I want to achieve with this business... The name changing is not really a big thing no, for me right no, now. It, it's yeah. stuck already. Sorry. Yeah, You're exactly, sorry. <laughs> exactly. But and I yeah, think
1: Shadi eats encompasses a lot. So not in, only from a literally eating standpoint, but you sharing your eats, like your own yeah, foods, exactly, and you exactly. sharing things. So it's it works in all the contexts, food related and possible. Yeah,
2: but even like the mission, the goal for Shadi eats now is. It took me years to get to this understanding of, like, I just want to create dialogue. I want to initiate conversation about West African ingredients. And for me to say that with so much confidence, that took years, like four, four years to understand the importance of Bethany and I sitting down talking about Iru, Or if I serve Iru to my customer, my guest. hopefully I do that soon, let's let's talk about it. What is this? What is the smelly thing? Yes, it's smelly, but when you put inside palm oil and you put noi inside, and you put all the herbs and fish, you will lick your fingers twice. You know, the story behind, okay, fermenting and how that was used back in the days, you know, to to, to, to preserve food and ingredients. Even me, I don't know a lot about Iru. I don't know where it came from, what village, what area in Lagos or Ibadan or Ogun State where it came from, but it, it makes me like, okay, I'm also a learner, so I want to learn about it. And then what I learn, I want to share it, not only to my children and my husband, but share it to mm-hmm. whomever is willing. If it's going to be a, a Nigerian babes or Yoruba babes here in Houston, or if it's going just anywhere all over the world, I just want to create conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And the, the crazy thing about it is that somehow, somewhere there's a similarity on how we cook our food and how others cook their food. And I just like how we can all connect with food. So that's actually it came to fruition.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the specifics. Hey. What exactly? Because <laughs> I like to. I want to go inside. Inside. What exactly okay. made you go? Okay. I know you said at one point you're like, okay, I'm gonna. I'm, I want to cook and I want to like share. I want everybody's experience eating my food. At what point do you, did you did it become like a business? Like this is this is this is gonna be a business and I need to start doing business stuff, like, getting, do you have an LLC, you know, do you got a website, like, start looking, actively marketing and looking for customers. Like, at what point did you start doing that?
2: I think when I graduated from the culinary school, when I had my diploma of, you know, chef de cuisine, I was like, okay, Shadi, you're going to spend thousands of dollars a year for education. The reason why you went to that school, so you can charge whatever, you know, so I was just like, since I'm done with this degree, let's start. And and I also think feedback from people, also my customers, like they enjoyed my food, they loved the food, they told me, oh my god, this is like I've never had this. Mm-hmm. Or like whenever I catered my first gig, you know, it was just a, a couple. I think they were just actually friends. And he was just, this is great. You should do this. You should. So that kind of got, I kind of got encouragement from the community, from my friends and my my family, and the fact that I had a degree. I was like, why not make it something. Serious, Wait.
0: Well, so you're telling me you went to get the degree not with the intention of making this a business?
2: Okay, so my mom has wanted me to get my master's in accounting, she's always master's, 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 all masters all 24/7. All <laughs> parents, and they mean well, trust me, they mean yeah. well. But I was like, okay, Shadi, this accounting thing is not, and I tried the CPA thing, it's not bringing you any type of satisfaction, any type of joy. So, like, what's the, what's the goal here? And I was like, okay, Shadi, I'm good at cooking, but how can I be a professional at it? How can I really, really do well in it? And I thought, okay, let me enroll in a culinary institution and perfect, you know, What I what I know about food and just get more of a different perspective on food and be a professional about it. So that's the reason why I did it initially. But the goal was to obviously make more money, make like turn into a business,
0: turn into a business. Okay, yeah. And it looks, it sounds as if when you were in school, you already started like getting customers, right?
2: Yes, I already had customers before school. Like I had. Customers. Was it like natu-
0: was it natural or did they, did you did you seek for these customers or did people just come to you? Your first customer, do you remember your first customer?
2: My first, my first customer in regards to private dining experience, I knew this person, I knew him already, mm-hmm. and he was just like, hey, come cook for me and my friend, we want a three course meal, and that's how it kind of started, um, Made a three course meal, and I think I also did a I did a, my first pop up too, I think in August twenty. 20- was it 2018 2019? Bethany, when did you when did you do yours? Was it 2019? It's 2018. 2018 was my first pop-up. So, I did that just to showcase West African food mm-hmm. and it was great. It was it was chaotic. It was actually horrible actually (laughs) (laughs) you went from great to horrible (laughs) it was great because it was great because i was able to i had an idea and it came to fruition that was a great part about it (laughs) but the process oh my god i said why would i serve this but that requires growth i'm happy i wouldn't have been able to know that if i didn't start somewhere you know Mm -hmm. but the pop-up and then the 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 response i got from that kind of led me to enroll in school oh really and actually yeah turn into a business I totally why did you do
0: a pop-up pop why, why why would you like you you didn't go to school for this. why you just go do it like you, you know when you stand in front of an elephant and you're like so close to the elephant you can't see the elephant you don't know how big until you step back well if you uh. step back to you this are the, you're just talking casually <laughs> you're saying a lot of things casually but no we, we got to step back because why are you doing a pop-up you didn't even go to school for this Why? What is an accountant doing a pop up for?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to see what triggered it. I, I think also, also, I was at my accounting job. I would literally stare at my computer screen and be mm-hmm. thinking, "How can I perfect my fried chicken recipe?" Like I made fried wow. chicken for the first time, and I'm like, "But it wasn't crunchy. It wasn't crispy like KFC." So I'll literally stare at my computer at work and be like looking for recipe on how to perfect and see what what recipe a did what recipe b did or didn't do and compare and i think that started to like turn a wheel in my head okay how can you perfect this okay shadi you love french fries and egg your dad made it a lot when you were young and he would make this like spicy mayo better than the chick-fil-a sauce that we know and love and i'm like okay how can i put those two together because that's something that i love okay, a how can I make this that people can eat it with salmon and uh, a yam puree? I was just trying to think of how can I infuse. So those questions kind of led to me acting on it. On, I think that's where it stemmed from. Okay. And I've always liked food. Yeah. I've always enjoyed cooking food, even with like meat pies and chin chin. I've always mm-hmm. found a way to add lemongrass inside chinchin. Chin. I don't know what lemongrass have to do with chin. chin but I was like, <laughs> let me find a way to kind of put those two together i think because of the questions i kept asking myself it just led i was just moving through those questions and i would get an answer and i would want more and i would ask why and why and why and things like that so i i hope i'm answering your yeah. question not just blabbing no off. no, you, no you, are, okay.
0: you are you are you are you are you question. it just it's, it seems to me like um the passion for food just it just overpowered overwhelmed yeah. you it just like it just overpowered you and you you, it's just natural. You just had to follow through yeah, pretty much. exactly. Let's, let Bethany, you want to tell us about your... your did did, did um, food find you or did you find food?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say food found me. Um, I have just kind of journeyed through life and at every point, food has been a big consistent part of it, specifically Nigerian food, although I very much enjoy, you know, like global cuisine. So I can say that just from my upbringing and just being um, able to have traveled with my family and lived in different places, it really shaped my palate and my appreciation for food. So um, even though that was there from an eating and comforting point of view, Food as a business was not something that ever came to mind. um initially. I have a media production background like I was very much into like acting and theater and script writing and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I became a teacher. I was teaching um acting for two years and then I switched to academics and I became a math teacher for about two more years. so um. Food was just something that I was doing on the side for my friends. Food was something I was doing because I needed it to have better quality, good taste, all of that. I just, I cook and you can taste love when I cook. And I know hey. that for sure. Hey. Um, <laughs> and that was a big part that's of... secret ingredient. <laughs> literally, the secret the ingredient. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big part of my eating experience. So when I taste other people's foods, my favorite foods to eat are home dishes, home-cooked foods, foods made by, you know, people's aunties and moms and just older Mm -hmm. people because there's a completely different feel you get from restaurants and just people doing this to get their check. You know what I mean? So definitely that journey towards making it a business just kind of fell on me because I guess when people started to taste the things that I was making and how I was doing it, it became like, oh, this is different. Like this doesn't taste like Mm -hmm. what I'm buying outside. You know what I mean? And although my initial intention was never to go into the food business, it was, it was something that I found that I couldn't like say no to like the more people keep asking you and asking you you're just going to have to do it at some point um mostly started in college for me so the first paid food um gig I had was at the University of Houston and um I remember the first person that paid me money for food because he would always eat I would cook I would cook was just our friend um and one day he asked for food, and I was like, oh, I'm on a really kind of vibe. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> he's like, I Cue will pay. <laughs> yeah. He said, I will pay, I will pay. And keep in mind, these are simple things like jollof rice and chicken and fried rice. Just things that, like, when you live at UH, you know, when you're in downtown, you have to drive nice to it, Southwest yeah. to come and get it and all that stuff. And we didn't really have cars. Most of us were internet. well, most of them are international students at that point. So no one was, you know, take, having a car to drive to Southwest and all of that. Um, so he paid me and I used to charge $20 for a tray of anything, tray of rice, tray of chicken, wow. tray of whatever. And I feel like you might know him because he was in business school mm-hmm. at UH, Toby, Toby Adams. I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I know him. Yeah, From yeah, very yeah. long
1: mm-hmm. ago. He used to have this <laughs> uh, line, business line of men's, lapel pins and stuff yeah, called I Mr. Remember. Adams. I don't yeah. know if you remember. Um so he was my first ever um paying customer oh. and what we actually used to do was I would go like he would go to class, whatever. When I'm on my own break in my gap, I would go to his um I think it was either Cougar I don't know, one of the ones that had a small kitchen. One of the dorms, the office is it yeah, Kuga I don't know, the one that has kitchen (laughs) shots. I would go there and I would just cook the foods for the week, you know, stock up the fridge, all that stuff. So at that time, now that I'm even saying out loud, that would also have been my first like subscription model because we were doing this on a weekly, you know, on a weekly basis. So it started from college after I graduated college, what am I collecting $20 Pano fresh for? You know, like it wasn't, this was yeah. not, this was just such a temporary thing.
0: Where did you come up with that number? Why did you come up?
1: Where, where did $20 come from? <laughs> where did $20 come from? It just came because he just <sighs> said, I would pay you. And he was like, how much is that? $20. It didn't, there was so, do you need to know, realize how much of not a business this was supposed to be? There was no costing there was no planning. I did not account for profits. I did not account for loss. I did not account for my time. I did not account for anything. It's just, can I buy the ingredients? Sure. Can I buy the pan? Sure. That was it. Literally, that was it. There was no ounce of business thoughts anywhere. Mm-hmm. And before paying for food toby was like my friend anyway so this is like me cooking for any of my other friends except now because he wanted it consistently i guess that was why money even came to play you know because at that point if you're collecting money it feels like an obligation like you can't say i don't feel like yeah you can't say no yeah Mm -hmm. so after um college i didn't cook again i was doing my job Cooking for myself, yeah, in my home. And then one day, sometime in, like, 2017, I posted... um, I was... Oh, I was active on YouTube, like, posting recipes, doing cooking videos. So, again, initially, there's always been a thing for, like, education, a passion for teaching. and trying to just let other people be able to do these things, never for business in that sense. But I made a meat pie. And, well, people wanted the meat pie. And... Literally, I was going to post the recipe for the meat pie, but the person was like, "I don't want the recipe. I want the meat pie. Like, don't send me any recipe. Send me the meat pie." Everybody loves to cook, like <laughs> it, right. What's um, well, <laughs> that was that. Truthfully, that was it. That was where it became. That was what pushed me into the business. Like. That one meat pie, it was a dozen. A dozen meat pie. I didn't even know what the person was using it for, but it turned out they use it for like a small gathering in their house. And you you know how this Mm. thing starts from there. That was literally what it was. Oh, I tasted it at this person's place. Next thing. Well, next thing, you're getting orders. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Exactly.
0: It sounded like you weren't even looking and you were not even interested, but you you just get, keep, being drawn into it I wasn't looking at what point did you accept
1: it I accepted it when (laughs) I accepted it when those kids (laughs) were wearing me out I'll tell you that (laughs) um the kids were getting to me not in a bad way but in a way that I knew I what grade were you teaching (laughs) I was teaching fifth grade fifth grade math and fifth grade math students they don't like math at fifth grade so it's a lot of trying to convince them other than your few kids that are just at that age where they're interested the rest are not um but truthfully I really am someone that is extremely committed to the things that I'm doing so if I feel like I'm starting to lose interest and for a job like teaching, I don't think you can lose interest because it's such a delicate job. It's beyond just teaching a subject. Like people don't really understand what is required of teachers. And I mean, I, I know this because I'm extremely passionate about learning and I'm extremely passionate mm-hmm. about children learning and their development. So I felt like this cooking thing was starting to interfere with my actual dedication I was like, I'm getting worn out. I'm seeing that. The reason why the kids are getting to me, truthfully, is because I'm not giving them my 100% anymore. That's the truth. I wasn't there the way that I felt I needed to be there because now my attention was divided. It's nice that I'm getting the gigs. It's nice that I'm getting the extra money on the side, you know, whatever. But... Also, I had to be very truthful about the physical toll. It was taking a toll on my body. It was mm-hmm. very time-consuming. So now I'm teaching, staying after hours, grading my papers, doing my lesson plans, rushing to the grocery store to go and buy food, come home, cook, 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 all the way to the morning. I always say this like to people that there came a time where I would go like 24, 30 plus hours, almost 2 days without sleeping because I would literally go to the class, do the cooking, shower, go to the school and it was wearing me yeah. out to the extent that I was actually burning my orders like because I would pass out. Like so that was the thing that made me know I had to pick. Like I couldn't really do both because yeah. clearly it was getting a lot like I was doing Christmas parties Thanksgiving parties, um, baby showers, bridal showers. Like I would even do weddings, the small chops for weddings. So keep in mind, the numbers were big, and it was only me using. <laughs> it was only me kneading dough by hand. I didn't oh. even have a machine at that time, so my husband was the one that actually gifted me a Kitchen Aid machine. I'll never get rid of my Kitchen Aid, even though I don't use it as often now. But it was a gift from him because he was like, I, I see what you're doing. Well done, all that stuff. And here's something that I hope will bless your business and will make it a little easier for you. Because he used to watch me make these pies. And he was like, are you kneading all this dough by hand? And yes, I was kneading all wow. of that by hand. Wow! And um, so he gifted me that. Anyway, once it started getting to the point where I would sleep off and my fire alarm is going off because I'm now forgetting the pies wow. in the oven burning them all of that I said okay I have to you know I have to make a decision I ended up going to culinary school as well and um, I mean I was already fully in the business though before going to culinary school I think the culinary when school Why did you need to go to culinary school uh, for the finesse and the panache how about that so that I can so that I can have exactly my accolades for my accolades but i think for me it was really more about just fine-tuning my skills like i wasn't Mm -hmm. someone that like i ate a lot of different things growing up but i didn't spend a lot of time in the kitchen learning different things Mm -hmm. um so i need i knew i needed to refine my skills i knew i needed to kind of just make it a little cleaner fine-tune some things learn some different things and as shadi said like once people like truthfully once people know that you got your certificate you went to school for it for some reason they stop looking at you as a mere and they're mm. like oh this person is a professional that was exactly what mm. shadi is i wanted to be a professional this is you know like a craft this is something that I've learned I've invested not only my time but I've also put my money where my mouth is mm-hmm. so you know it just helps a little I mean now though truthfully I'm going to say I don't know if Shadi agrees with me but truthfully I'm going to say that people don't really care because there are just so many talented people out there the people don't care that much but I like to know that I put in the work because culinary school is not easy no matter where you go it's not easy so I know I'm very proud of that accomplishment. I'm proud of the time and the effort and the dedication that I put in. And I learned so much. I'll also tell you for free that you can learn some things on YouTube and you can learn some (laughs) things on courses. But just the discipline and the commitment to seeing it through was very important for me.
0: Did your business change once you graduated?
1: Um, I would say it did. It changed a little because the ideas of, doing Afrofusion at the time which was something I was very into um I was in a very experimental stage it really like took it up I'm not gonna lie it took it up to the next level and it just like it was like wow this (laughs) this babe knows what she's doing and you really could tell because the feedback was really amazing like I was able to you know, use a lot of those techniques that we learned in our own cooking and our own food in ways that, like, the event industry in Houston, at least, was not experiencing at the time. We were doing very, like, experimental foods at weddings. So, first of all, you need clients that trust you and believe in you to even allow you to do something like that at their wedding first and foremost, and then when you now do it, you can execute it, nail it, pull it off so well that their guests are so impressed and people want to keep doing this at their own events, then for sure you'll know that you definitely did change something. And I think that was when I knew that that um, arm of our business had really taken off, like it had potential. And when I say it took off, I'm not exaggerating. It did take off it. It was doing very, very well. Shall I eat?
0: What is that a catering business or or just a professional chef?
2: Um, uh, as long as I cook, I cook. No, let me be Let me professional. it's a catering business. Um I do the services that I offer is private chef services. So let's say um you want an experience, a dining experience at your home or wherever. I come with everything, I come with the menu, I come with the ideas of what you like, I come with the staff to create that experience for you. I come with the menu, like if you want a four course, five course, we we, we curate a, a whole experience for you. And also I do have I do, do catering where I sell um, fine small chops, it's just basically like meat pies, goat rolls, and shrimp gizdodos. So I just basically um, add my own little elevated touch to the already known and loved Nine Jazz Small Chops.
0: What about you, Bethany? Your company, is it a catering business too?
1: So I did co-found a company called Adun, which is not a catering company. It's more of a food delivery company where we serve ready-to-eat West African food literally all around the U.S. So you can place your order just like you would HelloFresh or Freshly. And the only difference is that it's cooked and it's getting frozen delivered to your door in two days. Um, Actively, though, I am trying to be more involved in more recipe development for a couple different, you know, as many different food companies that I can be on. Um, Mm -hmm. I've already done that in the past. Um, I also want to redirect more on, like, maybe menu consulting, so menu design, Things like mm. that. Truthfully, I'm not gonna lie. I've removed myself from the kitchen. Like I'm not in the kitchen really? anymore. I don't find oh. there. No. <laughs> the thing is, my. <laughs> I know it's gonna sound like I'm old and this and that, but my body really my body is it's taking a toll on my body. Shadi, I don't babe. know you're a <laughs> slave. You're soft
2: babe, you're <laughs> soft a soft babe. babe, claim it, claim it. That's why.
1: I guess that's what it is. I'm a claim soft it. babe. Oh, and truthfully, um <laughs> It's a <joke> I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not tied to the kitchen anymore. Like I know i know how to work a kitchen i've paid my dues i've done my long hours mm-hmm. look at me saying i've paid my dues someone would think i've done this for <laughs> 20 plus years meanwhile it's only been like six seven years maybe it's but i lot, think that's though. a good amount <laughs> and mm-hmm. um i think now i just really want to focus on the you know like the design part of it let's, th- let's mm-hmm. look at your menu let's look at how your menu can the be better R&D let's R&D. do r&d exactly
0: so who does get Adun? Who
1: does um, Adun's cooking? Um, Adun's cooking is based on recipes that have been developed between me and my partner. So mm-hmm. the recipes, we do have a team. We have a team of about seven plus people, seven or eight people. And everyone is like adequately trained. So my partner does the cooking, but they're, multiple other people that do the cooking and i think that's like the i guess the beauty of having a standardized recipe and like a menu where you are able to kind of replicate it i will say that like just it's always going to be hard because truthfully in just any industry even in like big franchises like chick-fil-a or mcdonald's or whatever you have standardized processes and things but truthfully at the end of the day that recipe book is still falling in the hand of a human being, and almost oh no, some people, if they're not feeling it today, they're gonna say, "Forget your recipe book, man! I'm not. I'm gonna do what I want to do." You know, type of vibe. So you just have to, you have to pray that. <laughs>
0: what do you think is the reason for our Nigerian restaurant here not having the same taste?
1: A lot of the people that are that first of all own the restaurants and not food people themselves so from a business perspective they know how to run the business but from the develop like product development perspective they are just hiring people that know how to cook so each person that is hired to know how to cook the establishment itself does not have a standardized recipe it's just ah let's hire mama chica okay mama chica says this is how she makes the jello fries so when she's gone Mama Chica did not leave a book for people. So when Sunday's mom comes, Sunday's mom is going to make it the way she makes it. Do you get? So the business owners are not specifically paying attention. They just, the way they do auditions is that they say, oh, make this, make this, make this. Then they taste it. Does it taste nice? Yes. So based on it, for them, it's like, does it taste nice to me? Yes. Oh, yeah, you know how to cook. Go in the back, you know. Can you tell me the list? Can you tell me what to buy? Can you tell me what to do? That's how some of these Nigerian owners here run it because they're not actively food people. They're, they're just the front face business part of it. So when you're allowing different people that just know how to cook to come out and run your kitchen, well, they're going to cook what they know how to cook unless people start saying that this business so. Lamy Day's business, this is the standard recipe. So no matter how many people come in and out, I don't care if Mama Tunde, you have your own trusted recipe. This is the standard that Tunde, we have here, Lamy Day's kitchen. So you must follow it. Good, you luck.
0: Know? good luck with Mama Tunde listening to you. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> and then there's now, And then there's now a lot of back and forth. And I think sometimes retention is good because if you have someone that can stay there long enough, then that person yeah. can actually now develop standardized things. There are people that Mm -hmm. start businesses together. Um, One person is like, I'm only the business guy. You, you're the food babe. So come into the business and let's structure this thing together. The person will um, handle the front end of the business. And then you at the back will say, okay, well, the things that I'm going to make for you, I'm going to write them down so that even when I'm not here anymore, people can Mm -hmm. come. And then maybe over time at some point, someone might want to fine tune some things and different chef can come and say, Oh, I think this works better or this works differently. But at the base of it all, there was even something to begin with. Do you get, so to even if with, the yeah. taste changes a little bit, hopefully for the better, it's, it's not, it doesn't throw your customers all the mm-hmm. way off. Like ah, oh, what happened? Do you get,
0: mm-hmm. so like now, you know, you said you have a team of Seven, yeah, seven people. people. I, how many? How many people are in your team, oh, so, or are there more contractors? Yeah,
2: it's more contract. It's more. Um, hey, are you available at this date to work with me? Um, yeah, it's it's right now. It's just it's just me.
0: It, so, you guys, um, is this you guys' main business, or is this a side business?
1: Is <laughs> the name, though. It's the one i don't always say. <laughs> <see.
2: laughs> this is the main. This is the main. <laughs> This is what no. we quit our 9 to 5 job to be doing. This is the main business as of now. Do you do
1: anything
0: to acquire customers?
1: The biggest wage for customer acquisition is uh, word of mouth, and just literally, and that's just the most organic growth word of mouth and leveraging social media. And when I say leveraging social media, not even doing like paid ads or anything literally just showing up on your account every day whether it's 10 views 100 views 20 views <laughs> showing that's up job. posting your content going showing up posting your content but most importantly showing people the value of your product right that's the mm. way i know now there's so many different ways especially with marketing agencies and stuff people just these pr companies they're on fire the machine is hot they You know, it's hot. But, like, if you're a company that just doesn't really have the budget for marketing, you have to be creative. You have to think what is the most organic way, especially because the most organic way is what helps with customer retention at the end of the day. Like, no matter Mm -hmm. what, Mm -hmm. you can do giveaways, you can pay for sponsored posts, you can do all of that. But there's a clear difference when you have acquired these customers organically, they are consistent and they know. That like, I stand by this brand, creating mm-hmm. that community, having that core group. There's nothing like it. So literally, word of mouth and putting your best foot forward in the most authentic and organic way that you what about can.
2: You, um, very, very, very similar to what Bethany said. Words, word of mouth, basically. Like my I, someone could order a dozen meat pies and then they have it on the table and then somebody tries it and then I'm like, oh, because I, I don't even ask how did you get my number or how did you I just kind of I also think like me seeing my Instagram friend request, like i am like, I don't know her, but mm-hmm. I could tell that she I just had an order yesterday. And maybe someone <laughs> from that party mm-hmm. saw my sticker or someone asked like where's this Me Pie mm-hmm. from and that's how she called me. And somehow, some way she or he will place the order. So word of mouth. And I also think like, simple as what Bethany said about like engagement. Like I feel like one, one of my tools that I'm so good at, one of my strength is being able to sell my product, well, my meat pies, because I'm passionate about it. Because there was a problem and I have a solution. And I'm gonna tell you why this is a solution. Yes, meat pies here in Houston are not known to be great, but this is a product that is better than anything you've ever had because there's care, there's mm-hmm. love, there's thought behind mm-hmm. it. You know so I think when I say that people can relate and be like, okay, because she's because because I feel the same way she feels about how there's a problem, mm-hmm. let me at least try it and see how it works. And most of the time, they like it, they enjoy it. So,
0: yeah, Rel- I've had someone randomly message me and text me, like, so so urgently, and it was like, do you have Shadi's number? Uh-uh. I'm like, first of all, like, wait wait, 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 yeah, why? Why did they ask me? Ask me why they asked me. Why they they ask- saw that I followed you and you followed me. <laughs> Wow. So they just got your, your they just heard about you randomly and you said, Oh, for some reason I'm gonna know this person and then and I text them your number, but I think it was already too late because they needed it the next day. Mm-hmm. I know that's impossible like for the next yeah. day. But yeah. <laughs> so that's a testament to like um social media and everything. So pretty much social media word of mouth. That's all you guys have to do. You guys don't have any PR firm in your on your roster? Give us
1: some money, baby. That's what I'm saying. Exactly.
2: Not there yet. It's not there yet, baby. Yes, yes. Yet. Yes, 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 yes. yes. It's coming soon. Omo. <laughs> it's coming soon. That <laughs> budget is still me? loading.
0: still <laughs> <laughs> loading, It's Are you telling me you got the you you, you you've, you've catered to celebrities before? Yeah, I know you're going to say no. Are you telling me you got that just from word of
2: mouth? The me make me, me make it celebrity a celebrity gig. Yeah.
0: Um, where do you guys see yourself in? What, what, what's the? I goal? see myself
2: mm-hmm. in God like... <laughs> <Well laughs> bless <a> you <laughs> on a yacht, <laughs> praising the Lord.
1: <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you where I see myself. So there's a chef called. Um, chef kumbi k's gourmet and recently she's been very active about sharing her behind the scenes and what she's been doing Mm -hmm. and naturally like i've done events catering and all that and so i've been in that position and i haven't done events in maybe over a year like at that scale and i always when i see her content i always have to message her because it triggers I don't want to say PTSD, but it triggers something in my brain where I'm like, wow, I actually used to do this. So each time I see her stuff, I send her a a quick prayer, like, God, keep giving you the strength to keep doing this. God, give you the patience Mm -hmm. to keep (laughs) engaging with these customers because it's on both ends. It's on the cooking and stress on the customer and stress he truthfully like the that. biggest the easiest thing out of all this is actually the cooking because me I'm the type that will enter the kitchen wow. and just close the door and cook. cook put my head down and cook but unfortunately you can't do that you still have to manage people you and still manage. have to coordinate things you still have to do so much things exactly so when i see that i send her a message and i'm like kumbi i pray that you get to a place where you're still able to do these events and you'll be on the beach laying down and Amen. your staff and your operations Amen. team will be handling everything Amen. and you don't you know even this. have to be yeah. there. you'll be doing like 10 different events in a day Amen. and no one is blowing Amen. up your phone saying chef We don't have the chef. We don't have that because you have competent staff taking care of it. That's where I see myself. So that's the answer to your question.
0: The prayer you're praying for her, you're praying for yourself. Amen. 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 So pretty much what you have right now, but with ease. Exactly. How about you? Where do you see yourself?
2: I have this big vision and big goal of going back to Nigeria and building something there solid. And I know that requires time and effort and dedication and attention and things like that but just to to create a space where we can talk more about west african ingredients and hopefully Mm -hmm. i'm more knowledgeable more wiser to be able to even shed light on that too um but in regards to my business with the small chops fine small chops like i want to be in every stores i want to have a team i want to have add more to the menu of the fine small chops i just want to expand i want to be wiser stronger i want to you know business savvy i want to i want to do so much because i do believe that i do have that i have that potential to grow and expand and i truly believe in shadow eats i believe in what it can offer and um i just honestly cannot wait i cannot wait or more i cannot wait (laughs)
0: Let me put you on the spot. Uh, what are you doing towards to getting Shady Eats and find small chops in the stores? Put her right on the spot.
1: Put her on the spot.
2: Shake the table, Abby. I'm learning from the best. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. I, I'm trying to do more outreach. Um, okay. I am, um, right now, well, for the past year, I've been selling my, my meat pies at farmers Markets, um, not only to Nigerians, mm-hmm. actually not even Nigerians at all because most of the farm market that I'm at are like whites, Regular. Asians, mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. you know? So doing more mm-hmm. of that and be more consistent with that, um, I'm trying this next year. I want to join some competitions. I want to do some pitch competitions. Yes. I
0: was about to say that. Yeah. That's another way to, yeah, I'm
2: trying to, I'm trying to, how do, they, how do
0: people get there? Do we do, do you need a PR? Do you need to be signed no. by an agent? Honestly, it's knowledge.
2: And, um, luckily I, I've been talking to a marketing advertising company and they work with other businesses that have their stuff mm-hmm. in HEBs and things like that. And I told mm-hmm. them that I'm interested because i want them to do like the packaging because i'm not going to do that i tried doing them on myself last year it didn't go nowhere with alibaba god help me with that um, <laughs> um but they were able able to find someone that kind of have the same similar background and story that i can connect with mm-hmm. so also, I, I also think mm-hmm. knowing people that can help you out yeah so i'm going to make sure i mm-hmm. hold on to that person like this like you you must <laughs> you must tell me what you did because um the competition that he did, I think, was like an H-E-B quest, something like that. And I, I really want to do mm-hmm. that next year. So I'm just slowly trying to prepare for that and get ready for that. So that's how to get into the
0: stores. Well, the that's, one, the that's stores. One, way. one way. That's one way. way. All right. Next and, time we talk, I'm going to hold you up on that and ask.
2: Thank you. And I also think following through, I have this bad habit where I have this idea. They give me, I ask questions. And they give me a business card. And I'm looking at the business card. And I don't fall through. So I try my best to actually fall through, because I know that I have mm-hmm. I can be my way sometimes. So, trying to put that behind me and actually fully execute. Do your part and leave the rest to God. So,
0: what's one thing you'll tell mm-hmm. your old self, or you tell someone? Because, th- like I said, my audience, mm-hmm. my audience is someone that's like like they've been to where you are day one, Wait, like you're ground zero. <laughs> what would be your one advice for them? Each of you, Bethany.
1: Um. I think I would say if it's something that God has blessed you with in terms of put on your heart and you feel like this is something you really want to explore, go for it. Truthfully, I'm also talking to myself, the worst thing that can happen truthfully is that it won't work out and you'll move on. That's it. That's the worst thing that that can happen. But if you don't even try, You don't know the potential you don't know where it can go so the fact that you did not try you've already eliminated yourself you've counted yourself out and you never gave yourself a chance so i would always say that like give it a shot if it's in your mind if it's on your heart it's there for a reason don't think you don't have value don't think you're not going to be impactful just do it and again like i said i'm also saying this to myself because i've started slowly doing the things that i want to do but there are many other things that i could be doing and i've just not followed through yet because i'm still talking through this self-doubt but i would i know i have to do it because i know that especially at this point in my life where i'm experiencing different things i've like in terms of just life in general, I'm going through so many different stages that I'm realizing that my life right now is not just for me alone. Like I have generations and I have family, I have a spouse, I have my siblings, I have so many different people that like, it almost feels like if I don't give myself that chance, not only am I impacting myself, but I'm okay. also mm-hmm. taking something away from them that could have, they could have potentially yeah. benefited from as well. And like I said, the worst that will happen is that it won't work. You will cry a little bit. Maybe you will lose some money. yeah. But you'll be okay at the end of the day. Like, truthfully, you'll be okay.
2: Yes, to add on to what Bethany said, I would say trust the process. Um, Trust the process. And even to me, like, I cried last night because I'm like, bro, I'm broke. But trust the process. (laughs) Trust the process. As long as you've done all that you can do. Leave the rest to God and just trust the process because you just never know. You never know what favor might fall on you. You Mm -hmm. never know who you might meet. Just keep on actively working on it and you will get far because I'm sure you're going to look back and be like, wow, I'm so happy that I did it. I'm so happy that I started it. I'm so happy that I trusted the process because now I'm here. So trust the process. All
0: right. Where can people find you guys?
2: Okay. You can find me on (laughs) chattyeats.com if you want my delicious small chops go there and order if you want more and see more see more of my face you can go on my instagram twitter but more of my face is mostly on instagram and that's where you can find me and also you can find us on ffo podcast i was about to say <laughs> <laughs> you can just now shout out to the podcast. FFO okay. podcast where you can see more of our razzness and right. chicken, more <laughs> tables and just having com- amazing conversation about food
1: yeah, so for me, I'm on Instagram. That's where I'm most active on Instagram. Bethany Hadiza. Literally my first and middle name, Bethany Hadiza.
2: And also, if you guys want Nigerian cooked food shipped to your door, you get it in two days. Ado Get Adun. Yes, I said it, Bethany. Go ahead. Come Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Complete it for Thank me. You, it for me. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you can go... To Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Get Adun. G E T A D U N. That's where we deliver food. <laughs> All
0: right, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Lucky. this was so much
1: fun.